This is episode two of the Coach Dante podcast with Pastor Jason St. John, lead pastor at Evangel Church, Kansas City, and Pastor Marcus Rose, adult discipleship pastor at Evangel Church, Kansas City. Do you know how powerful you are? This is the Coach Dante Podcast. When you leave here, you have a better sense of your purpose and destiny. A biblical perspective filled with relevant and insightful conversations about the many topics that matter to you. Guide people to a biblical-centered worldview. We need unity and people who are willing to bridge the gap for true change in our society. Welcome to a well of wisdom. Give your people the information. And now your host, Coach Dante. This is uh, Pastor Jason, lead pastor here at Evangel Church, Kansas City. Um, one of the dopest pastors. I got both uh, both of the dopest pastors in Kansas City. Have you ever um, been called a dope pastor? <laughs> dope dealer. <laughs> <laughs> a dealer of, of dopeness. No, I haven't. No, no, I haven't. As you guys can see, Pastor Jason and Pastor Marcus are hilarious. <laughs> so that's why we love them here. Yeah. Um, but he's the lead pastor. And um very proud to call him, you know, uh, my pastor and, and stuff like that. So uh, he's he's in the middle of leading here at the church. A uh, you're you're in the middle of leading with Pastor Marcus yeah. um, some classes, and one of them is the cross cultural right. class, and just talking about what's been going on and how to have conversations with people and. Um, just how to navigate through this on a yeah. biblical level, a practical level, all that. And I just would love to hear just, you know, more insight and just your thoughts, so your heart toward this and why you want to start it and all of that. So so, so jump in anytime and ask, ask any question you okay. want while I'm talking. Yeah, so a couple of years ago, we uh, came up with or talked about when you look in Scripture, what are 10 characteristics that that would identify a New Testament believer. In other words, what did what did we see in the New Testament that if we could adopt those behaviors, knowing that it's intrinsic, knowing that it comes from inside, but if we could do these things, what what would that look like? And one of them was, we called it uh, engage cross-culturally. And we see all through Scripture Jesus saying, and the New Testament church just going to places that normally people didn't go to. So we just said out of our, our natural daily living of Christianity, that should be something that we're doing. So it, it, in essence, it was based on the New Testament. But it was also just something that we were feeling we needed to do as a church. Um, years ago, someone asked me a question. I was with a thousand people, but mm-hmm. I felt like it was asked to me <laughs> at, a, at a conference was, if your church ever left your neighborhood, would anyone care mm-hmm. or would anyone know this? Mm-hmm. And... I felt like an answer to that question was, first of all, I don't know that anyone would notice. This is like 20 years ago. And I'm pretty sure there might be some people like, yes, they're <laughs> finally gone. So I was, just felt like, Lord, you got to change that. So we started on purpose maybe 15 years ago saying, okay, we've, we've shored up our health as a church. Now it's time to get outside of our walls. And we need to reflect our neighborhood. We need to reach out to our neighborhood. We can reach because of our location where we're at, but our whole our neighborhood needs to be a part of what we're doing. So we started praying about, we have like, I don't know, 40 blocks right here. Would would somebody from each block end up at our church? And then let's go another round of that in Center and Hickman Mills and Raytown and all that. 
let's start drawing more on purpose. I don't know how you do that other mm -hmm. than we just start preaching about it, talking about yeah. it, and uh, investing in our neighborhood. And and that, that ended up happening. We, I would guess, um, we'll use a phrase, people of color to, to, to overlap a large, mm -hmm. wide variety of people that, I don't know, Marcus, 40%, maybe 30 to 40% 30, now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are, are here and that wasn't the case of course in any church 40 years ago and for a 92 year old church we've, we've kind of made an adjustment I yep. think that reflects more the heart of God it's definitely been interesting yeah. seeing the history yeah behind and where we're at now and from where it was in the past right it's been it's been a fascinating yeah. <laughs> journey which has been full of just great things until there's moments where um you start to look at culture. Let's take George Floyd's story, for example, in the horrible murder this summer. You start to see um, maybe people looking at the same thing, but having different emotional reactions. And, and you start to realize, okay, this is great, but we also need to have a conversation why, yeah. why somebody's like, man, I felt like that was my brother that died and, and another person's reacting like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. You know, so, and and not saying, you know, when someone dies in Russia, when none of us are all like, uh, but yet there's there's something more to it that's hitting closer to home than maybe I had realized in, the, in my own life. So starting talking to Marcus and Jean, and we haven't had too many conversations, Dante, but talking through about how do I and how do we, and it goes the other way too, what, why... Why, why are some of my brothers and sisters not seeing what I see in this situation? Yeah. And so how can we, and there was an illustration we used in week one was, I know we can't see this, but say this had a logo on mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, if you were over at this camera, you would see something that I can't see. Right. And we could be arguing with, with each other all day long and say, well, there's a, there's, I know there's not one, but right. say whatever that logo is, it's the Raiders. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Marcus, I said I got a Raiders, a Raiders logo. There's a, but, but how... He could say there is. I'm like, I don't see that because I can't see it. So it takes us getting from out of our seat and going to see the other person's point mm -hmm. of view. And that's what our, our cross-cultural conversations are all about is, okay, we have some things happening. We look at them from different point of views and and, uh, and from driving down the road to neighborhoods we live in to the truce divide in Kansas City and, and uh, all my life thinking, man, that, what's going on here? And then other people who live in on there yeah. being like, but it's more than what's going on. It's not, yeah. I am, I feel, how do I get out of this yeah. situation? Mm -hmm. And having those conversations, bringing them to light, and then looking at them from each other's point of view. Is, we might not agree, but at least it's super healthy. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm, I get what you're saying. I don't know if that, your solution's mine, but I, I see what you're saying. And I think that was where our hearts getting it together yeah. versus just, ah, you people or those people or whatever. And because we got to be arm in arm in this. And then the great part of cross-cultural is uh, having the word to anchor to. Because as believers, if we have something to anchor to, now we got a common ground. Yeah. And that's what's great about Scripture because they yeah. did it so much. Now, person, go ahead. I'll, and I have one personal thing I'll just say. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So partly, I grew up in a town in northern Minnesota, and uh, most people are very fair-skinned up there. <laughs> uh, we're from Nor Norway and Poland and all this stuff. So I grew up in an arena that 
probably because who wants to live up there? So you don't have a lot of migration up there. People from Florida are not moving to northern Minnesota. So in, in one way, it was a bubble. It was very, it's, you know, it's a tough area and all that. But so I had, I think, one or two people of color in the whole school. Wow. And so I was then, I never thought about things in like if someone grew up in Louisiana or Mississippi, it's a whole yeah. other ballgame. Yeah, it's in a small town. world right there. So in one sense, I think I came to this with a clean slate in that there wasn't any baggage or any anything. I don't have stories. I don't have. So in one sense, it's really healthy. In another sense, I was very ignorant and, <laughs> and didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So it's been in, in a – so we started here in, in our church – 25 years ago last week as youth pastors wow. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's weird to think about gray here um <laughs> and we were i mean we we're pretty much all white church but mm. we you know, we have a sanctuary that seats a thousand we had less than 100 people oh wow and there's six kids in youth group so a lot of expansion as well yeah so we're all you know the same race but one thing that ended up happening is five years later in a pretty much all white church, we have a very mixed youth group. We started having football players come and different ones from the community. And and uh, and my motto I've always preached is, it's us plus one more, whoever they are, we got a larger circle. And so as we got into the neighborhood and did some different things, in fact, I had one, one group of kids broke into the lodge and uh, I worked with the police at their community service was they had to work with me. Mm-hmm. Well, they started coming to church and others started coming to church. and. And it was it was pretty fun environment, but then that just seemed to carry over when we became pastors. I don't know why or how, but I, I always have felt I don't understand why there's us versus them in mm-hmm. any way, age, yeah. race, parts of city, part of town. It bothered me at college when you had the North Siders and South yeah. Side. Anything that separates has always been like that is a pet peeve because mm-hmm. that's not all the gospel is. Yeah. So that's been a natural part of my heart, and I think. I don't know. I think it's when you preach the gospel in that way, it's attractive to all people. And then we can all move forward together. I know Kieran and I, when we first got Mm -hmm. to the church, we we felt that immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, I was having a conversation with Pastor Marcus and just telling him the same thing, just the diversity and and the love and the meeting people where they're at, but the priority to it doesn't matter what skin color, background, history you have just the welcome arms that we experience coming in. I think that's big. Mm-hmm. And then you were alluding to earlier, just really clamping down within the community. Um, there's lots of things um, that that the church is doing. Like I remember the three on three basketball tournament mm-hmm. that you, that you, uh, that you uh, just put together. Summer, yeah. It's, it's, it feels like a decade um, right. ago. And, and the the partnerships with the high schools yeah. and the middle schools and stuff like that. Do you mind kind of sharing any of that information? Yeah, no, I, um, oh man, it's a lot, it's a lot of, going through my mind. <laughs> so someone approached me 19 years ago and said, why aren't we feeding anybody in our mm. community? I'm like, well, we should be. I'm like, well, why aren't we? I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that. And she said, "Well, can I do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, that's we got to do it." So she went to harvesters, started talking about that. Out of that, started a small food pantry, and now I don't know. We may have six, seven hundred families yes. a month mm-hmm. that are part Easy. of that. You know, twenty, eighteen years later, and so 
uh, that that started. Uh, I remember ten years ago going to the school district and knocking on the door, and and really there there wasn't. I don't know if they had things covered or we didn't have relationship. But that was all part of it. we got to get outside of our boxes and. Uh, we hired a missions pastor, Pastor Chris, and somehow he had favor I didn't have, <laughs> and uh, and he was able to to start some relationships. And out of that, through administration changes and through principal changes, we've had great relationship with the high school and middle school. And part of what we found is is a lot of churches were easy to focus on the the younger kids, and mm-hmm. so that was covered in our area. And when the school district heard, you know, we're kind of serious about this, well. We'll do what we can with mentor programs, other things as, as possible. There's really become an open door for relationship. We kind of have no strings attached. We aren't mm-hmm. trying to push anything other than just to serve. So having all that, now we have some good relationships with administration. And if they have a power outage or something, they yeah. might have a teacher's meeting here. Or it's just been a, been a neat thing to see where it's not out of, boy, we should be doing this. It's out of, oh, I you know, Linda down at the school, or yeah. is it Jarius now? Jones, I forget. Anyway, yeah, where yeah, he's, yeah, you just start to get to know people yeah. as people, and that's awesome. Yeah. That's a good thing to do. I think also yeah. your kind of model of like, we don't want to be the church that's known of that what we can't do. Yeah. We want to be the church that what we can do and things like that, or not what we're against, but what we're for. Yeah. And I think that shows a lot in like a lot of the programs that we do. Like we're for people. And I think even one of our you know, key you know, values at our church is that God's for people or he values relationships, so we should too. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things you see everything we do, it's about trying to better our relationship with one another, but also the people that we're involved with, whether they look like us, talk like us, they're from the same neighborhood as us or not. I think that's just something that starts at leadership and it flows through every day, thank you. Yeah, someone on Sunday, I thought, boy, they're taking a long picture, but someone was live Facebooking the service. Mm. And, uh, I won't tell you who, but they get a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's he? Oh, okay. I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I, I hope he knows what I'm going to say next. But anyway, <laughs> uh, one of the comments in the section was, where is this church and can anyone come? Mm-hmm. Just that comment wow. kind of broke my mm-hmm. heart a little bit because I think the church maybe has made the impression of you're really not welcome. And I say the mm-hmm. church in general. Mm-hmm. And so our hope has been, so we try to have four events mm-hmm. a year at least where, it's the super easiest invite, and we invite everyone in the community. Yeah. And out of those, um, hopefully, people are like, oh, yeah, they do the Christmas, so they do the fireworks, so yeah. they do where they can walk on our property, have a good time, feel comfortable, and it doesn't matter if you believe or don't believe. We, we want to know that you care. So I think that combined with some intentional things that we can offer have just created uh, a little momentum that yeah. continues to grow. And then out of that, like if you just – I think if you sat down and just took – the average 10 people in our church, I feel like they have the same heart. Most definitely. So your heart attracts your heart. And so I don't think we've, I don't know if we've necessarily changed hearts or minds, but I think we've attracted people who have like, yes, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe. And and uh, and I think more and more churches are having that conversation, which is really healthy. So this year, back to cross-cultural, I was really glad we started it last year because yeah. that gives mm-hmm. us yeah. uh, a little bit more of a platform to go a little deeper yeah. versus having our first conversation, knowing that everyone's having that kind of conversation. So 
It's still nerve wracking. <laughs> well, as but, I say, you're one you're one knucklehead away from, or two knuckleheads away from a, yeah, a fight yeah. or something like but, that. But but I, I but like somebody yeah. kind of in my shoes, just being a participant, yeah, it, and, and coming from my type of background, really appreciates it because just that my church and our pastors, our leadership, yeah. our forerunners, they're not kind of waiting for us. Kind of like as you alluded to in, in our past conversation that you guys are ahead of the game, you're giving us biblical perspectives and teaching us how to have these conversations. And in my own personal life and, you know, my wife and I, the fruit that's come from it, where we've, you know, mm-hmm. due to this class, we've gained friendship with lots of great people mm-hmm. that otherwise, I don't know, probably my wife's pretty outgoing. You know, I'm right. more of the reserve type. She's more, you know, outgoing and stuff. So we probably would have met some people, but the class really helped us have strong conversations in a safe place um, with people that look different than us and come from different backgrounds, which in return, I think is creating long-term friendships. And we've had, we've been in people's houses. We've had people over our houses you know, when times that we can't that continue happen to, to sit at your table or that happen yeah. to sit at our table yeah. or other tables, okay. you know, that we kind of knew prior to the class yeah. or just met, you know, yeah. throughout church on a Sunday or a Wednesday or, or came to our class, you know, a marriage class that. and uh, came to our house or we went to their their house. And whenever we can't come to the church and continue to have the conversation, we're still yeah. having them. And just a quick testimony for you, like one of the couples that we have conversations with they had somebody that was just really uneducated as far as what's going on mm-hmm. um, right now. And mm-hmm. it was a coworker of theirs. And um, she was able to educate her coworker and totally change her perspective wow. on what's going on That's cool. and stuff. And that all stemmed from this class and us continuing the conversation in a home, awesome. which extended into a workplace. And I was just like, wow, what a seed. You think that I was hear planted. a lot of stories? I don't get that. <laughs> so that's cool. I love that. You know, so uh, it nice. makes me proud to say that, like, our leadership, yeah. our church, our forerunners, we're not just talking. We're really yeah. doing this. We that's got good. classes. We're very involved in the community, yep. you know, trying to grab people and gravitate people here. When you come here, when you look at the leadership staff, when you look at the people here, it's people that are all different shapes, colors, backgrounds, and demographics. You know, obviously I'm a little biased. It's my church yeah. and stuff, but I'm genuinely cool. saying that, you know, and that's kind of why um, I think it's just been powerful. You know, it's one, been powerful. Behind the scenes thing, Marcus brought this to me a year ago, April. Yeah. And my first reaction was, we've had conversations for years about this. I'm preaching and everyone's listening. That's kind of, that's how I feel safest having this conversation. Because there's so many potholes maybe Mm -hmm. or things that you could, oh dear. But he, I trusted his heart in it. And then as we got into it more, I'm like, well, let's find out if anyone else has done this. So he called people, I called people, I'd be with pastors, I'd be with a group of 20 pastors. I'm like, I have a question, guys. Here's what we're trying, we're thinking of doing. What do you guys think? And you had them too. And 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 then I then I'd start researching online, having a cross cultural conversation with your church or going across race barriers, whatever. And and I'm talking major articles in in wow. Christian papers or Christian whatever magazines. They'd be wow. like. Don't do it. Powder <laughs> <Really? laughs> We know really? churches yeah. that did it, and it wow. blew up in their face, yeah. and wow. it's a bad thing. And and so, and then the pastor I talked to, like, 
oh, uh, let me know how it goes, or we might come and watch. So we felt like I couldn't find the church that actually had it. They might, they would mm. preach on it, talk about it. How, how did that make you one. feel? Not great. No, like, and you feel so, like God is telling you this is what you're yeah, supposed to do? Right. Like, so you're walking so, us into this? Right. I think it was so. probably June or July mm. where I'm like, we got to get, if we're going to do this, mm-hmm. the, like I, cause I think I remember saying to mm-hmm. Marcus, I've preached on a lot of this and I never have got any negative feedback. Mm. So I just thought if we can do it based on the word yeah. and then we can, set some ground rules so help me with those and and so marcus and i kind of just said if we can base it on the word and can we can tell everyone you're coming in as a learner mm-hmm. not to teach everybody and then you're going to get offended that's yeah. okay yeah. Yeah. so just then people are going to be ignorant so if we can take away our <clears throat> our stuff and then last year we said we're not going to use some buzzwords so we told everyone we're not using these mm-hmm. This tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night, night, we're actually going into some buzzwords, oh, trying wow. to help people maybe understand. Hey, when we say this, or you hear someone say this, mm-hmm. almost like what you, the conversations with a black man. Mm-hmm. Okay, because when I hear that, I'm yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. So, but Marcus, help me understand from your point of view mm-hmm. when you say that. What does that mean? Because that's not always been what yeah. I thought it meant. Right. So we're just going to take seven, eight minutes, and we on purpose mm-hmm. putting it in the middle of our teaching. Versus right before we mm. go to groups, and then we have a great story at the That's end. That's dope. To just try to help people, like the phrase Black Lives Matter, mm. or racism versus prejudice. Mm. Like, I didn't even know until a year ago the difference. Wow. Uh, yeah. Where I think yeah. you probably knew that. Yeah. So, so, is that, <laughs> so is that like a normal process with you guys, just kind of bouncing off of each other? I, and I think the process starts with Pastor Jason in his sermon prep period. We have a creative team, and it is one of those things like, here's the idea, here's where we're trying to go. Help me with some conversations you've had, stories you have, scriptures you see, how this applies. And it doesn't always have to go in the same direction that Pastor Jason wants it to go, but it helps to create the uh, get the creative juices going. And I think that's one of the things where we took that and we took two of our creative teams to talk about cross-cultural conversations last year. And actually what we thought, even this year, what we thought we were going to do and yeah. oh, changing, yeah, changing big time based on Smart. what else have you guys seen? That impacted you. So this year, the last couple of weeks, we're gonna yeah. show other people having this conversation other than us. Yeah, we do. So it's yeah. gonna be pretty cool. And just so so yeah. to show that like it's not just your pastor's team. This is what you can do, and it's not also saying only pastors can do it. You can do it too. And just like here, let's equip you to do it. And I think if you see people that may not, you might not look at me and say I can do what you do with Pastor Jason. What you can do with Pastor Jason do, but you see these other guys or ladies do it, and you're like, oh. I can do that too. Yeah. So, so like what we're gonna do tomorrow night. One of the things is about four, three months, two months ago, I came into might have been this room. Mm-hmm. And I said I got some questions mm-hmm. <laughs> about Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. The group. Yeah, I'm seeing some stuff that kind of scares yeah. me. How are you seeing that? Am I blind? Just kind of how to respond to that. How do I respond? Because yeah. I believe the phrase is right. I'll mm-hmm. I'll march. We'll have conversations. But how, if I, because a lot of the white friends were like. Well, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Not about the phrase, not right. about the respect or the need, but the the group. And so I'm like, okay, I'm asking. I'm like, oh, so I didn't sleep real well the mm-hmm. night before, to be honest. <laughs> and Marcus was so gracious. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's some things I'm concerned about, but this phrase is really important. And yeah. we, so we talked about that. And so then, as we were getting into this, I'm like, let's try to recreate that conversation mm-hmm. in front of everybody. Yeah, not long, but because yeah. there were some phrases he used. That really helped me 
and I think it'll just help help. Yeah. Just help. Yeah. So that that might be a whole other podcast in itself right there. Oh, no. I, I would definitely <laughs> I perspective you know someone in your shoes and in regards to that kind of share your yeah your perspective but um so it'll be interesting yeah yeah and i hope everyone but we want everyone to be as like oh okay it's okay to talk have Mm -hmm. that but you have to be you gotta disarm yourself that's what we can if you get offended you get defended or go on the offense and then now you're in trouble yeah yeah yeah. and i think that's one of the things with pastor jason the reason why we had that conversation in front of everybody is going to disarm everybody so he's like oh yeah okay so it is possible to have this conversation i say something that's ignorant and he doesn't blow up which is necessary because this is happening all the time absolutely yeah absolutely so and also trying to take back the conversation from social media when a lot of times it is one-sided and it's just pushed in and it's just like a ticking time bomb yeah. and then actually having a full conversation because even like what pastor jason said yeah i've had this conversation but it's been me preaching and mm-hmm. other people listening and that's a conversation of sorts but it's mo- it's a me telling you not having a pushback yeah. on some of that or not even just having a pushback but saying okay let me understand what you just said yeah. and i think that's where we're having that opportunity for people to have that moment of understanding like oh so what you mean by when you say this is this not that yeah mm-hmm. and i think that's where people are like oh I get it. Yeah. So, so yeah. and then our goal tomorrow, each week will be like tomorrow's listen and learn, I think. Mm-hmm. Listen and empathy. Mm-hmm. empathy. Yeah. So we're, then we're closing with this story Marcus found about a black guy who in the 70s or 60s decides he's going to try to befriend the head of the KKK. Oh, uh, I know that story. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So we're going to, that's a 10 minute story. <laughs> the guy's a believer, but so we're going to, we're going to end with, hey, yeah, you, this should not happen. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, someone decided I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to my enemy, yeah. and and look what happened. No, is that yeah. gonna happen every time? No, no, but what if that was our heart? Yeah, then surely I can get along with someone, a neighbor, or right? Somebody, yeah. you know. So yeah. is this material <laughs> that you guys have come up with yourself, or that you borrowed, or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of it. I mean, yeah. like I last year went through. I think I went through every message I ever preached. Okay, looking. And I, I don't I didn't read everyone. I would put right. keywords in, mm-hmm. and then I just dumped it all into one file. Okay. So, so that would be some of it. Some of it is is just I'm like Lord, what are you going to give us for the first week? And that happened with me on vacation. I went mm-hmm. to a Man. service, mm-hmm. and the guy lays out a short outline, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. And it's that so story was crazy. Yeah. Just yeah. the fact that like i you know you read the Bible and you're like oh I read that and you know you read through Joshua and you get to like Joshua 24 or whatever mm-hmm. where it's like choose today who who you serve with as for me in my house you know whatever that part is so you skip over 22 a little bit or you read it and it's like whatever but the story the fact that he was talking about like how they had these two different perspectives on the same thing and was about to go to war with their own brother brothers and sisters and ready to kill them because of a misinterpretation of the same thing and how once they kind of just took time to pause and investigate say, oh, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Well, go ahead. And that's it? Like, So the conversation stopped. One more thing. My brother, my brother, my son, (laughs) last year was in a class on on government or politics or world history. I don't know what it was. Anyway, but the guy on the board said, okay, here's a continuum (laughs) of belief of, and where would you put Republican and Democrats? Mm-hmm. And so the kids, he put them all there, and they had like way over here and way over here. And he said, <clears throat> in the history of governments and what people actually believe, this is where they're at. 
Wow. And if you take the dictators and fascism and communism and all this other stuff, this is actually where they are. And he said that everyone's eyes are like this. And he, then he laid out the history of governments through the wow. world. And he said, really, we don't have that much to separate us. It's mm-hmm. just that we can't, we don't talk. And it's all yeah. about keeping your power. That's and deep. That was, I hope he came home and I was like, that's a scary. Yeah, that's deep. If we're yeah. this divided over things wow. are actually this close wow. to a green. Yeah. 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 Um, sorry I no, you're you fine. to keep going I don't no. know <laughs> whatever whatever's on whatever's on your heart um I like to ask everybody that that comes on the podcast if they have any like crazy guys stories or testimonies anything of that nature um that you that you feel comfortable sharing you know it doesn't have to be recent it could be from the past or if you want to share something recently um just you know a, a crazy god story Personal or church? Whatever okay. you're comfortable with. It could be either or. It could be uh, both. Whatever you feel led to do. That's a good question. Well, my wife's gone through cancer four times. and uh, That's uh, a big testimony yeah. itself right there. The first time, you're ignorant. You don't know what you're facing. So that's, mm. that's good <laughs> in that realm. So uh, the first time, she had uh, something back here on her side. And... I didn't. I don't think we realized how bad it should have been until when it was all over about two years later. And nurse said, "I was walking down the hall with the doctor, and and I told her, told the doctor about Jill's cancer and how big it was, and you know all all of those things. You know the size of it matters and how whatever. And the doctor said, "Oh, when did she pass?" Mm. And she was like, "Oh no, she's fine." She's like, what? So, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. She tells us that after we're through it. And we're like, oh, that was a a really big big deal. And it was. Uh I mean, we had all that. So the first time they they got in and and what much of their shock found, I don't think she needs any other radiation. Like they got all the margins and we're like, oh, okay, we're done. And the next time, um, I remember the doctor, she ended up, her doctor was a pastor's wife. Number one, <laughs> how many pastors lives are yeah, doctors? Right. And ends up maybe being the only one in the city. Wow. So, um, so she does the surgery, and in the middle of surgery, she comes out to me and says, uh, "I remember when we said we we're, we're think we're going to get it all, and it'd just be like one in a million if if we don't." And she said, uh, "It's one in a million. We did the wrong surgery, mm-hmm. and she still has cancer in areas we can't get to." Mm. And what do you want me to do? I'm like, I, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> and so, so well, I mean, what are our options? And I remember Jill waking up asking, did, her first question is, did they get it all? Jeez. And I said, no. And then, you know, in those moments, you're not very lucid. Yeah. And, but what comes out of her heart is, uh, in the Romans verse, I'll uphold you by my right hand. She quotes that as she falls back to sleep. Wow. And, uh, so that was quite a journey um, through through that radiation and mm-hmm. all, all that that kind of stuff. And the church stepped up big time and family. And then she, 10 years pass, and she's on her last, like, so she's going, I think, every six months. And then this one releases her to be every year or two, I forget. Okay. And on that last appointment, they find breast cancer, hmm. the smallest amount. 
So, but if they didn't find it there, it would have been. Right. You know, so at first, you're like, oh, what? One more to go. And then, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, thank, thank the Lord. Right. We had that. And then six months later, found it on the other side as well. So she ended up uh, going through that. And now we're two, three years on the other side. And that's what's wild. Like in, our, in her history, there's not any of that kind of history. Wow. So now her mom just went through it. But anyway, I guess there is now. <laughs> but it uh, yeah. doesn't show up in her DNA markers and all that. So yeah. that's. That's been, and then you, as you get older, you meet more people who didn't have the outcome, and I don't have all the answers as to yeah. why or how. I know her prayer was, Lord, I just want to see my kids graduate yeah. and go to college. Well, that happened three weeks ago, so yeah. now we're like, oh, oh no, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> thank you, Lord, and uh, we're, let's get that going for a while. Graduate yeah. college, get married, all yeah. that stuff. But she's, you know, if you know her, you would She's a super positive person. Pastor Jill's definitely inspired my wife. My wife talks about her all the time. And um, she really enjoys the ladies' nights out. She's looking forward to it uh, this Saturday. Um, And she's always just encouraging her and and blessing her and and just watching her through her process. And just, um, I know one of the things that we appreciate about her too, and just you guys as pastors, is just the vulnerability and the transparency. Mm -hmm. You know, just to... Show people that even people in your shoes, like you go through things like you're human beings and you go through things and, you know, you know, people pray for you guys and support you guys. And, um, you know, you guys motivate, inspire, just encourage people. So I know, you know, that's tough. The things that you guys have been through and, you know, you definitely touched the lives of many Mm -hmm. and especially me and my wife, you know, so. Well, it's harder if you don't share, I think. Yeah. Then you end up going through stuff alone, yeah. or people wonder why you didn't. And yeah. Anyway, and I'll say this real quick. This is what got me to actually this church. I think second or third week I was here, there was something that happened, and most churches would just sweep it under the rug and not even mm-hmm. mention it. Pastor Jason mentioned it, and afterwards had a sermon, not addressing what happened, mm-hmm. but just like saying, "Hey, this is what these are some telltale signs that this could happen in your life." You know, like for the next two weeks, and I think it was, it was a two-week series. And I'm like, wait, so churches yeah. talk about that? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, you, I thought you just sweep it under the rug and no one mm-hmm. knows. And then he talked about it, and I think it was a unhealthy moment, but it caused cool. us to become so much more healthier. Mm-hmm. And now when I seen that after coming from the church I came from, I was like, I definitely got to be a part of this church. Yeah. Because the transparency, the love people, mm-hmm. and it's not a... Them versus us as the pastoral staff and the people. It's like we're all in this. So I loved it. Definitely one of the dopest churches out here. Shout out to Evangel for sure. You have that as a tag. The church, the dopest church. How are you? uh, Football season's back. How are you feeling about that? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good segue. I feel. I feel like the Big Ten made a mistake. Oh <laughs> man! Oh dang! I'm not sure, if the Vikings have made a mistake, but oh, they didn't man. like that how we started. Yeah, but the Chiefs are fun. They're fun to watch. That's yeah. a good time. Right. That's a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how I'm feeling about my <laughs> team right now. Wrong question. <laughs> I feel good about the Twins right now. Yeah. Right. Baseball. So. Well, how can uh before we get off, I would love for people to be able to follow you, follow the church. Um, just everything that you're doing, 
Um, I don't know if you have any social media handles or anything. Oh, yeah. I'm prolific. Prolific social media guy. Once or twice a month at least. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, just I would love for you to throw all that information out so people can follow you. I think on Facebook it's Jason St. John. And then it might be PJ. I don't know. I mean, that's what I call you. Yeah, I think that's what it is on Twitter. Oh, I didn't know you had a Twitter. I, well, that's yeah, interesting. It, yeah. Go look at them. <laughs> <laughs> if you have three minutes, go look at my Twitter handles that I have, feeds, whatever it is. And then, and I, yeah, I don't. I would say just Jason St. John or Evangel Church is our Evangel Church, Kansas City. I'm probably on Facebook more than the others, but during uh, COVID, I tried to keep it light. Uh, <laughs> things that made me laugh this week and a few other things, but mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Yeah, and our church web uh, yeah. website is evangel.church. Yeah. He has like links to some of the pastors and stuff like that. You need to get in contact with us. Yeah, awesome. So, well, I appreciate you, sir. You can um, touch base with Dante. He'll get all that, <laughs> that riveting information. So. I appreciate you yeah. um, again, just jumping right in and talking You're to welcome. me and stuff. And uh, that's one of the things that we always feel from you. Just you, just you're easy to talk to. And stuff like that. So I appreciate you getting on, just having a conversation with me. Appreciate you again, Pastor Marcus, just having a conversation with me and stuff. Uh, Just know people love you guys and appreciate you guys and that your work is not in vain. You're touching lives. And um, just from, you know, I can be selfish. It's my podcast. So you're touching me and my wife's lives. You know, we appreciate you all. So thank you again. We're amazed that you're not taking a nap or something after a new baby. Oh, when I I get done with the duties of the day, best believe I'll have a good night's sleep tonight. So, yeah, yeah, I'm running around. She's running the house right now. So thank you. (laughs) Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Coach Dante podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on all major platforms. This podcast is engineered and edited by Michael Blosser, Digital Storytelling.